What's up, guys? It's Mike and Mark from LRMOnline.com. Bring another uh, episode of LRM TV podcast. Uh, this week, we're going to be covering our normal shows, Gotham, Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow. Get a look, get you guys caught up on uh, what's happened in WWE. And then we're going to discuss um, a little bit of movie trailer news because it does affect the TV universe when you're sitting there watching your favorite TV show and then, bam, you get hit you know, with uh, these new uh, movie trailers. And we're going to be touching uh, on the latest Rogue One trailer, the new Power Rangers trailer, and then what just released earlier today is the uh, Logan new Wolverine movie uh, trailer that just debuted today. So, kind of getting into it on our normal routine. Let's do a rundown real quick of uh, the shows we watched this uh, this week and kind of recap our thoughts about it. So, um, starting off with what we see on Monday night, Gotham. Um, you know, this was a different um, different style to to me personally. I don't know about you, Mark, but um, it, it was more. Uh, the show keeps going more sinister, more crazier uh-huh. and crazier um and so like this week it kind of it, it just really amped up with all the characters um uh and especially the whole uh cobblepot enigma no, storyline yeah. with the red hood and just you know who's playing who and just the 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 mystery and and that was really that was probably the fun part of the episode for me what do you think yeah i mean the that whole um you know, Nigma, Cobblepot, Butch kind of scenario really picked up here. Um, you know, Cobblepot is, uh, you know, kind of doing the whole mayor thing of, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies at the beginning. Um, and you still see that tension back and forth between, uh, Butch and Nigma. And then, um, you know, he has that, the, the statue of his mom that he brings to his, that press conference. And, um, then that red hood, the red hood gang comes along uh, again, all to find out that Butch is the one behind it all. Um, and what I liked about this episode was, I I kept me guessing as to what the true intentions of Butch and Nigma might be. You know, I, I constantly kind of hopped back and forth between what I thought could possibly be happening. You know, like what uh, at first I was like, okay, is Butch doing this? you know, to gain the penguins trust or attention, or is he like pissed off and he wants to take the penguin out, you know, like that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and, and same thing with Nigma later too. Yeah. That's what, like, I want to ask you is like, do you think this whole thing is Nigma's play to take <laughs> over Gotham? See, I, I wrote about that in my review too. I, I hadn't really thought about that until he, said he started kind of bringing that up to butch and then he kind of went back on that and you know he's saying he seems definitely sincere to penguin and even in their past um i guess dynamics of their friendship uh he seemed that way too but we also know i mean one of the things he said you know is that he has a difficult time being number two and that is extremely true to um, the comic book uh, interpretation as well. Um, you know, he's he's very uh, self-involved and self-motivated. And so, you know, you do think, is he helping him out or is this a way? I almost feel like Nigma is using Penguin, how Penguin used um, Maroney 
and the Falcone family and to work his way up. Right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely agree with you on that. And it kind of, if you look at it, it's just little subtle things, um, like what you saw in this episode and you wrote in your review. And then also, if you look at the, the Gotham logo this year in between the T and the H, there's that little green question mark. And I think it's trying to, to, to kind of point out, this is the beginning of the Riddler. Like, cause we've seen, mm-hmm. we've seen the growth of Cobblepot turn into penguin I think now it's um, it's now Nigma's turn to, to to really take the lead on that role. So I wouldn't be shocked to see if uh, Nigma ends up being the one who tries to take over and run Gotham for its time. Because it's always that's been the whole thing in of the Batman universe and the Rogues Gallery is each one of them tries to take over Gotham at right. some point in time. So, and I think he'll still. But I think he's smart enough to do it in a way to still keep Penguin not necessarily in his back pocket, but like as somewhat of an adversary because that's kind of how they work in the comics too. Right. you know they yep. work together but they're better on their own and the thing that i like about both of them is they're usually so far ahead so many steps ahead of everyone else that it's really interesting to see them play off of each other because you always at least for me it has me wondering like who's actually ahead now you yeah. know what i mean yeah it definitely is that mystery and that kind of it's not just the like a simple mystery it's that sinister mystery like because they're literally putting each other's lives on the line you know they're setting each other up almost you know to who's gonna kill who or who's gonna mm-hmm. set up who and stuff and it's that to me is is like what's entertaining for me about this show uh, a couple of the other storylines you know were were okay i guess um the bruce storyline trying to find yeah. ivy to yeah. impress selena you know it's is what mm-hmm. it is. Um, the main thing I liked about that, I, I still think that that was the weaker part, um, kind of like usual. But mm-hmm. what I actually liked about that as as two kind of more subtle things is you saw more of Selena, you know, being Selena in the past two episodes of this, you know, like right. um, manipulative way of stealing and this and that and doing what she needs to do. Um, but then it was like the same thing when they were on that rooftop. It reminded me much of the rooftop, you know, adaptions when they're in the comics. And it was very, you know, like she's, you know, she kisses him, but then also says, like, don't don't ever tell me what to do or something like that. Right. That regard. Yeah. It's like she's the one always in control. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, you kind of see that in the comics as well. Um, And then. uh, And then even with Bruce, when he and Alfred first walked into the party. And he said something like, so what, I'm just supposed to act like everything's great or I'm enjoying this. And Alfred's just kind of telling him, like, yeah, you you are. You do have to act like that, which I think kind of leads to, you know, into the future where Bruce does realize that if he's going to have these different personas, like one has to be completely different than the other to put up that front. You know, so I thought it was like those are more kind of subtle things, but I still felt like that was kind of the, you know, slower part of the um of the show and of the episode yeah well what got me was was like really funny was that that party that cobblepot was throwing for his victory you know is that a at a nightclub that's for villains and stuff like that and here comes bruce wayne at all like 15 right. years old with his butler like walking in like what type of city do you live in <laughs> where a 15 year old yeah. can just walk in booze is flowing you know guns are blazing and everything like that and it, it was just right i was like man you really got to be 
in a, in a shady town for that to happen. I mean, no one's checking IDs. There's no bouncers <laughs> at the door. I guess that's what money gets you. As a 15 years old, you can get in anywhere. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the Jim Gordon storyline, I, I could take like take or leave it. This one didn't really add too much to it. Yeah. It seemed like his interactions with Valerie Vale seemed kind of weird, you know. Um, and then with Lee, you know, being happy for her with. But knowing that she was with Falcone and right, it, it didn't add. I really didn't think it didn't add too much. Um, no, I think that was more build up for next week from at least what you see from the um, like previous for next week's episode. Right. So that seemed a little bit more of a build up. Um, yeah, there. Were, I mean, obviously the big um, stories with Nigma and all the uh, you know the changing of it. It was nice to see Zaz again. I like oh, Zaz yeah. and oh, he's yeah. so creepy. That was definitely cool to see. I wish they would do more episodes or include him more into the show. Yeah. And then if you notice, um, Nigma's suit was a it was a very dark green color. I don't know if you noticed that. I, I, thought, thought, that about, was a, I thought that what it looked like if that was what they were yeah. trying to go for. Yeah, I thought that was a nice little nod there. Um, so, you know, some of that was good. But then obviously, uh, you know, there were just so many kind of turns and heels with the relationships, um, even with like Tabitha. Because, you know, then uh, Nigma had Tabitha because, you know, Tabitha means something to Butch. So they could persuade him to do what they wanted. But then obviously, you know, as awesome as Tabitha is, she like slaughters everyone on, right. you know, on her way. And then like now she's going after Butch. And it's just, um, yeah, just a lot of character twists, I thought, which was, kept it interesting for me. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely it the the connections the spider webs that are going on right now keep going farther and farther and connecting each and every character around and stuff so like just with like tabitha and butch's scenario and stuff it seems like um by mid-season everybody's going to be entangled in some sort of type of sure you know alliance or something like and it's going to cause a major rift or war across gotham so right yeah i was excited for the like just right at the end when you saw um, Jervis Tetch again with yep. uh, that that was just showing how more um, psychotic he's becoming. You know, he has a girl dressed up like Alice with a wig on tied there. But then it's kind of like you said with the dark tone as well. You know, he doesn't just like shoot her or stab her like he slits her throat, which mm. is, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's pretty hardcore. Man. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, which next week's episode looks pretty interesting i just i wonder what they're going to do with it because i know one of the parts in arrow season two was when he had to choose between um um shadow and uh um sarah yeah remember and Mm -hmm. and that like knowing that one of them would get shot was just you know it was intense and i don't i i don't know i don't see that happening in gotham i feel like both will survive somehow, which is kind of, eh, I don't know. You know what I mean? But um, it could be interesting. I, I just don't know what they're going to do with it. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, uh, the way it's set up, I mean, it, you know that Valerie Vale is going to live because of Vicky mm-hmm. Vale. Right. Lee, I'm not Lee. 100% sure, but you wouldn't have, like, un, the only thing I could see out of that is if they kill Lee, then, um, uh, what's her fiance's name? Um, Mario. Mario Falcone. Mario. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mario Falcone uses that as motivation to get back at, at Gordon. Right. Joins with the family again, and the and then that kind of 
kind of reintroduced the Falcone family back into Gotham. Yeah. So that that's maybe what we'll see. Um, so, right. But overall, decent episode. Mm-hmm. It's still continuing uh, to go in the right direction. Um, mm-hmm. The other show that's on on Monday nights uh, at the same exact time, so we kind of split. Mark watches uh, Gotham. I would take over and watch uh, Supergirl. Um <clears throat> This week's episode, or this past week's episode, was uh, the second part to the um, Superman crossover, which to me it seems like it's an audition. Like I think what uh, CW and which was smart with DC was trying to do is to try to see how much um, people would be interested in seeing Superman on Supergirl. And if they could get enough fan base behind it and if the viewership went up, then that could open the door for maybe another Superman show and it's, you know, it gets you another show on the CW that you could pair with or be on its own night, you know, Friday night or whatever. Um, we also had the introduction of a different style version of Metallo, um, mm-hmm. where it wasn't one Metallo, it was two Metallos. And the concept was that, you know, one was attacking Metropolis, the other one, um, was tacking, um, oh, what's the city that she lives in? I can't think of right off the top of my head. I'm going drawing a blank. Um, and, you know, it was, the Metallo concept was cool. Uh, you had issues where Superman was, you know, upset with Martian Manhunter for not getting rid of the kryptonite, you know, after he told him to get rid of it and so forth. Uh, where the show was really strong, though, was, um, ultimately in the this relationship between superman supergirl between clark and kara like if they could somehow make this show kind of not focus a whole lot on superman but just keep coming have him come in and have these little uh together moments because it really boosted the show to me and i thought that you know um while metallo was cool to see and it was a different version of him the the parts i really enjoyed though were the um the the scenes when it was Clark and Kara or it was just Superman and Supergirl and showing you know a different side of it um but now at the end of this episode uh Clark heads back to Metropolis to go work as a journalist Kara ends up taking up the same type of job as Clark as being a journalist it's kind of you know a copycat version of it um James Olsen is now in charge of Catco, and so there's a lot of changes in this episode, and kind of, I think it was more changing uh, the status quo of the show and trying to um, <clears throat> give it a new light on it. So, um, I know you haven't gotten caught up with it, but overall to me, um, not a bad episode. It it, it just kind of was, uh, the Metallo part of it was kind of was a little disappointing to me, um, doing the, the two Metallos and that concept of it just kind of it was good but i think from my years of reading comics and and stuff it was just i expected a little bit more um probably i feel more. like superman and supergirl have difficult villains to portray they sometimes are, especially um, on live action yeah exactly especially on on tv <laughs> i just i there's a lot of usually sort of um you know cgi or some or something that is usually needed to make it work and i just think that's difficult sometimes yeah yeah i don't think you at least the interested like really interesting ones you know right yeah i mean you even in the in the films you know doomsday was was it was never going to live up to the hype from the comic book version and so um but yeah the 
I think if the show continues on, don't focus so much on the Superman uh, uh-huh. top villains. You know, try to look at some, and not even really top Supergirl villains, although they shared a lot in the comics. But um, some of these lesser known ones, which has worked for like the Flash and Arrow, I think if they do it that way, definitely will help itself out. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So moving on, the show that has kind of been my, I don't want to say biggest disappointment so far, but it's kind of, I, I it, I'm definitely, I don't, I'm, I have mixed feeling about about it. Is uh, Flash. So, um, and we got the latest episode where we're done with Flashpoint. We're done with the paradox things. Everybody's back to somewhat normal, like a normal scene um, on the team. Um, and so episode this past episode with magenta being brought in um kind of in my review of it magenta was an okay villain um Mm -hmm. it's just it's so tough to to include these villains without a proper backstory to really get invested in and that's been the problem with with me and the show flash for a long time is that they just throw these metahumans in and they're like okay yeah this is the new villain for the the week and you you should actually care about it or he they could possibly beat the Flash, which you know they're not. Um, but to me, this episode was all about relationships. It was Barry and Iris fr- finally taking that first step towards being a couple. Um, then you had Wells and Quick, or Jesse, you know, mm-hmm. kind of working on their relationship together, the father-daughter relationship where Jesse now wants to be a hero because she's got the speedster powers and Harrison's got to let her go. And then... The last relationship was uh, with um, Joe and Wally. You know, Joe's kind of going the laid-back approach, which is I think they're trying to make it seem like it's an effect from the Flashpoint timeline because last season Joe was all about knowing what Wally was doing and making sure that he was there for him, where this time it seems like he's taking that laid-back, you know, dad approach and stuff. And I think that's going to bite in the end when Wally, you know, does whatever he can to get his power. um, Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you when it comes to the meta human aspect. I mean, I feel like I feel like they could use, you know, some of those characters. They, they don't have to be across the whole season, but at least a, over a couple episodes or well, something. Cause like it's just, Arrow does. Arrow usually does right. like two to three, you know, like episodes to focus on one one villain and stuff. Yeah, and I just feel like the same kind of way. Like, yeah, the particle accelerator got a lot of people. Or, yes, Dr. Alchemy is you know, turning these people into metahumans. But it's like you said, it's really hard to in- invest in them. And then sometimes their story seems kind of rushed. Yeah. Um, well, this one was supremely it, rushed. I think it was a... Yeah. I was reading an article and somebody actually, like, timed it. And it was a... a, at a so out of 44 minutes of the show, um, Magenta was only given five minutes of it. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. So I just, you know, I think it's fine to have someone over the course of a couple episodes like it doesn't just always have to be the new you know bad guy and oh what are we gonna do now i actually think it could help strengthen this the story you know yeah um but you know um i didn't mind uh jesse quick with her powers i i thought i might just because how we kind of talked about uh speedster overload but Mm -hmm. i thought she was fine i thought it worked well and i mean once again it is you know it's a different it's a different aspect of a speedster because she's helping flash rather than like the villain trying to be the fastest person alive. Um, so, you know, it worked and it was subtle. It wasn't 
you know, like the whole thing. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think it was an okay episode. Um, I want to see what they do with um, Barry's new partner. I feel like he's going to have more of a role eventually, but um, I don't know. I mean, I'm more excited, I think, for next week's episode. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this, this episode was okay, um, but I don't know. The the interaction between Wells and the group was obviously obviously good, and it's good to have him back. And um, I think from what I've read is that Jesse will be in next episode, but I think she's going back. But I think Wells will stay for a little while longer. Is what yeah. I think what I read, um, which I think will be fine because obviously I love the interaction between Wells and Cisco and the rest of the group. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's 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 okay. Um, I'm just not really sure what way it's gonna go yet. It was it was the best episode for me so far, but that's not saying much because I really didn't like Flashpoint. Mm-hmm. Like the more and more I, I get away from it, I I think about it. I, it like I, the hype was it carried me through the show, but now I look back on it, I think it was a wasted opportunity. Um, but this one was definitely better, and I think it's because Harrison Wells was in it. Um, and I think the the I don't know if it's the effects of Flashpoint or just now that he doesn't have to deal with Zoom, but that lightheartedness, sarcastic you know way of dealing with you know his jesse you know having this uh the speed powers and how he was talking to cisco and caitlin and you know freaking out that his daughter was having all these speed powers was kind of funny to me and then mm-hmm. now he's coming up with the the names of the villains instead of cisco yeah. and everything that. It, that was a nice little subtle like change and i don't know if that's because of the flashpoint uh timeline changes but yeah tom cavanaugh who plays harrison wells is I mean, an amazing actor, and think about it, he's played the same character, but in three different ways each time, you know, oh, yeah. uh, season one is the manipulative, manipulative, uh, reverse flash, season two as Earth 2 Harrison Wells, who was always so serious and always about getting the, the, the bad guy, and now this one's a little bit more lightheartedness, but caring about his daughter, doesn't want to see his daughter get hurt, type deal, so, um, that to me was the strength, if, if, he wasn't in the show, um, in this episode, it would have probably been not, probably been on the bottom of my list. Um, yeah. And I think, I mean, even, even more props to him because think about playing the same character in three different ways. I mean, you know, we even talked about, um, with Cisco's role the other day and how he's done that too. Like, I just, I feel like as an actor, that would be so hard to do. And I think a couple of these characters have done, you know, a really, a really good job. And, you know, now that you think about it, there's, you know, I mean, a good number of them have actually kind of done that, you know, yeah. played the same character, but in a different way. So, um, yeah, I'd say that's the, the upside to it. I just hope that the kind of storyline, um, I don't know, kind of picks up a little bit more or we start to, Get a well, little bit more. Needs of to, what's yeah, going on. a little bit more of alchemy needs to get involved. Well, yeah, because yeah. it's a mystery. And like I, in my review, I was saying is like it's the same formula that they did, they did with Reverse Flash and with Zoom is that they give you a little bit, a little bit tease here and there, and then they try to drop this big bombshell. 
which I'm already predicting that Julian is alchemy. Um, See, yeah, I'm thinking new uh-huh. character doesn't like Barry. They're they're kind of polar opposites. They, Julian's already smart enough to know about the metahumans and you know what to look for. So I'm thinking that if they go that route, I mean, they're using the same exact formula as they did the first two seasons, and that's not going to bode well. Um, right. And so. I, that's why I kind of in favor of Arrow this season. Um, kind of transitioning to that is that Arrow's using that. You know, Prometheus is going to be the overarching villain, but mm-hmm. uh, for the season. But we have Tobias Church. Tobias Church is not a complicated villain. Nothing really, you know, extreme about him. You just know that he's a brawler, bad guy that wants to take over the city. And then we also had it, Tobias wasn't really in this episode this week, but the uh, special guest of Cody Rhodes uh, show up for Arrow to play uh, the main villain this week and um, dealing with the drug Stardust, which was hilarious. So there was a lot cool. of like inside jokes in this show that if you didn't keep up with wrestling or if you didn't know that Stephen <laughs> Mel yeah. was in a um, Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles, Turtles number two, the second movie and stuff like that, you wouldn't have picked up on those things so um to me this was a a great episode and what i really want to get in discussion to you about is uh how excited were you and then disappointed were you with that shot because that to me i was i mean i texted you when i saw it i was freaking out and then the bombshell that diggles hallucinating i just it was such a good opportunity you know i mean the Deadshot character, uh, I forget the individual's name he plays, but he does a great job too. And, you know, just the interaction between the two. And I love the part where Deadshot even said, like, all those years that you were so angry with me, you should have had that same anger and hatred, like, towards yourself about, like, you know, because Diggle thought that um, he killed his brother. And here, come to find out, well, Diggle ends up killing his brother. So right. it's, this, it's this battle of, like, how... How are they different or are they different? And it reminded me kind of on a more subtle note, like that same sort of thing you get between Batman and Joker. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's similarities, but there are differences. And I was like, okay, so now, you know, Deadshot's back. That's great. And I think I even texted you back and I said, you know, like, it's nice now that with DC, um, you know, they're allowing that kind of, you know, even if they're in the movies, they can use them in TV. And then Diggle turns around and... He's dead shot was never there. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, because I was thinking, well, maybe it was Flashpoint that right. brought him back. And then he even had the story about how he was alive and then he wasn't alive at all. <laughs> yeah, that was, oh my gosh. You want to talk about going from high of highs to low of lows? Mm-hmm. I was so, uh, not disappointed, but I was just like, man, they got me on that one. Um, oh, yeah. But what it, it the similarities though that you if you don't if you've never watched the show that you pick up on is that it's the same struggles that like Diggle's going through the island portion of what Oliver went through. It seems like he's making that transition and like he's going through the suffering. Um, and you know when Oliver was hallucinating about Shadow and and, and stuff, right. it seems like that's what Diggle's going through right now. And it's it kind of like it's coming full circle that you know uh, Diggle could never understand why Oliver did the things he did but now you know he killed his brother and you know Oliver killed well he thought he killed Slade you know um, on the right. boat and stuff like that and so they're going through these struggles of living with these uh, decisions that they made and stuff and it seems like 
now it's it's Diggle's time to be on the island and stuff. So um, as much as I was disappointed with Deadshot, I understood it because now I see the, the big picture of it is that, you know, um, for Diggle to become, you know, whoever, you know, if he comes back on the Team Arrow or like rumors have said that he actually might end up being like Jon Stewart and becoming Green Lantern, who knows? Um, but it could open up the door for him to become something bigger for this show than just, you know, um, a sidekick hero and stuff. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I was still, like I said, disappointed about it. But, I mean, the the plot is starting to make more sense. And I feel like we do see him again because I, I swear I saw something a while back um, talking about how doesn't Cisco even make Diggle like a new like helmet or something like I that? Think so. I thought, yeah. And I thought I saw picture somewhere where that happened but i i don't know um you know and i'm sure it'll lead to that but uh you know one of the things that i i'll be the first to admit like i was really nervous about the new like team arrow and i was just i what i didn't really want it to happen just because i was kind of over the old team arrow Mm -hmm. um but i will say this i think it was handled extremely well um this episode and i hope they continue to do that uh, for a couple reasons, I think one, um, you know, even at the beginning, what were they doing? They were, they were watching, um, you know, they were watching Oliver and what he did. And then right. not only that, but like Oliver, Oliver was almost going to have like, you know, a debriefing period where it's like, okay, so, you know, what did you see this and that? Um, and then on top of that, you also had, <laughs> When the team eventually did come to help out, the, the yes, they were there to help out, but the focus, the main focus of the episode and in the fight sequences was, was Oliver, right, Green yeah. Arrow. You know, they, the team was honestly there as a support for him rather than equal kind of time and balance, which I feel like has kind of happened before. Um, you know, which was kind of rushed with Laurel uh, and, and all that. I just, like I said, I think that had put a bad taste in my mouth. But, you know, I think it was I think it was handled pretty well. The only one that I'm still kind of unsure of right now is Curtis. Uh, As Mr. Terrific. Tri- yeah. yeah. I just, I mean, I know I see that they're probably going to be using him as like kind of the tech guru, like out in the field. Right. Um, but he still seems like he be a liability out there just because of how kind of like i know he's an olympian but he also just seems fairly klutzy so you know i'm sure that'll change because you know the character of mr terrific can adapt quickly or quicker than others mm-hmm. um but that rather than that though i was um i was fine with how they handled the team uh they handled it much better than i thought they well, would, no, and i agree with you like 100 like even with Curtis, like they showed you that he he's not a fighter, and they even had that scene where him and uh, Speedy or, or um, Artemis are you oh, know yeah. you know shadow boxing each other, and he's he's messing that up and everything. Right. And then Wild Dog, I mean, he's a brawler, but he uses guns, so I mean, right, yeah. that's not difficult to teach somebody how to you know shoot a weapon and stuff like that. And then, um, so yeah, the team is definitely. And Artemis was had already you know had some kind of training we saw when she yeah and she didn't even really like fight that much and you know she wasn't uh, taking down 10 guys or anything so um it's it's definitely a lot smarter smarter play uh the team is like like you said it's somewhat growing on me um yeah you know it's 
it'll be interesting to see how it goes further. I think that the like this team will kind of branch away um, eventually. Like Wild Dog will go do his own thing, maybe at the end of this season or something like right. that. Right. You know, and they they all break break away, but it's it's definitely a better dynamic to it. You know, yep. um, mm-hmm. with Curtis in there is like the the com- you know the comedian of the group and stuff and given that comic relief the the where he was like suit up and he's like oh wait no it's not something we all say you know and stuff and you know it's definitely yeah yeah adds a little it, bit more humor to it no and i think when they talked about like when they first went to the you know whatever they call the arrow cave or whatever and yeah. they're talking about how curtis like passed out the first time oh yeah like, i had the flu yeah so i you know that yeah those are those are funny and they're subtle um and I even, you know, I'm still not a huge, <clears throat> excuse me, a huge Felicity fan, but I think they're using her better. It's a lot better this year. She, it's back to kind of the more season one. Appro- yep, exactly. Where like she is helpful, but it's not. She's the oracle like, your of fate. Team yes, Arrow, basically. Exactly. So, what do you think about the um, with Felicity telling Ragman about um, her? pretty much you know changing the nukes to hit yeah to hit, i mean uh, it definitely okay. needed to be addressed because like <laughs> you don't make that type of decision in all life altering ordeal of like sending a nuke away from one city to another and killing thousands of people and then just leave it as that especially right. you know um with uh you know with the effects it has and especially with team arrow and everything so it was good to see it finally be be addressed in the reaction that um what's his his name, um, um, uh, I know, I slipped my mind. I'll have to. I'm, I'm slipping on names tonight. It'll come to me. Yeah. yeah. But his reaction was, was authentic, you know, wasn't blown out of proportion, wasn't, you know, yelling and screaming and stuff. It's something like, so you're the, it, it, like, it, he had blamed Damien Dark for his family being killed and his city being killed, uh, destroyed. And then he realizes, wait a minute, it wasn't Damien, it was Felicity. And he's got to, like, take that all in. And and now it's got to settle with him. And so it's, it'll be interesting to see how they play it out, you know, um, if he just forgives her right off the bat or how. It... Yeah, I think um, Rory, isn't that it? Rory, Rory? yeah. Yeah, and I think with Rory, um, yeah, because at first I didn't think that Ragman was going to be a part of the team like right. i knew about i knew about wild dog i knew about artemis and curtis um but yeah i just i wonder if this is going to kind of change that or if he, he will stay or what exactly that is going to be but it was an interesting reveal and a, a tie-in from last year and i thought it was a pretty cool way of, of bringing him into it um but so that storyline is is intriguing um it's pretty intriguing to me as well yeah i mean it's definitely something. Um, it was fun to see Cody Rhodes get to, you know, be in an episode of Arrow, mm-hmm. especially after Stephen Amell and Cody Rhodes' is like big um, match at SummerSlam um, yeah. last year. It was it was funny, to, you know, to see them they named the drug Stardust. Mister Terrific's outfit was definitely a playoff of, you know, Stardust's oh, yeah. outfit and everything. That. So all those little nods, and then um, the the hockey mask reference how. Yeah, you know, no funny, one yeah. liked the hockey mask except for Stephen Amell. He's like, I like it. Yeah, so, he's I mean, definitely like the show is a little. Bit, it's able to make fun of itself, or you know, not try to be too serious. Um, 
even though you know it's it's a more serious type of character they like right um so in news kind of sticking with arrow though um coming up is the 100th episode of arrow which is amazing you know that a show starring green arrow has made it this long um they have announced that there will be multiple characters coming back to the show um we saw the twitter picture a couple weeks ago of deathstroke um sitting on a bench with Stephen amell you also have um the announcement that robert queen and laurel lance will somehow be making an appearance um and news has it out that you know um uh arsenal will somehow some way be making uh-huh. an appearance back into it so they're going to try to get as many people to come back for the 100th episode but it's going to be they said one of the most emotional uh shows that you know arrow is, uh has has seen but at the same time it's also part of the three part major crossover um between supergirl flash and uh arrow or no i'm sorry flash arrow and legends of tomorrow because it'll be playing the middle part of the three right. crossover um so that's definitely one episode i'm looking forward to anytime you get deathstroke into the mix of it but also include if you can get some of these older characters back and then you know your prediction is that prometheus is tommy merlin so that might be uh-huh. the the big reveal right there um because they say it's truly emotional um and so that if if Prometheus is Tommy Merlin, this would be the perfect one. Yeah, my so. two guesses are either it's Tommy Merlin or or his dad. Those are my two guesses, but I'm still going with Tommy Merlin. Yeah, if it's Malcolm, it's too easy to... No, I mean um, Oliver's dad. Oh, Robert, Robert Queen. Queen. Whoa. Robert Queen, yeah. Shoot yourself in the head and come back from that? Yeah. Well, Flashpoint. Oh, oh, see? look at you. Right, I didn't even see? think about that. Right, so... You know, I think that would be, uh, but but the reason why I still lean towards Tommy is because, from what I've read um, about this, is the character is someone who lost someone or something. Yeah. From the first episode. season one. Yeah. yeah, yeah from like... yeah, so th- that's why I really think it'd be Tommy. Um, and the thing is, even though I keep saying that, like I would still, there would still be shock value to it happening. You know, um, I just, I don't know. I was watching some of Arrow season one the other day, just to, you know, kind of refresh and just some of that interaction with them. I mean, you know, I, I think it was episode three of season one, mm-hmm. but it was even when, um, you know, Theo, she was kind of drugged out or whatever, but she was, uh, revealed to Oliver that, you know, uh, Laurel and Tommy had been hooking up while he was quote unquote dead, you know, and just all these weird mixed emotions and feelings between the two. I just really think it would bring, uh, kind of everything full circle. Yeah. Agreed. All right. So moving on to the next show, um, this is since we record on Thursdays, um, we can't really do a, uh, a, you know, a review of the, the week episode. So this is going back to last week is uh, Legends of Tomorrow season premiere. And to me, this was the out of the all the season premieres of the comic book shows that we cover, plus just general ones. Um, this was my favorite one. I think this is the best one. Now, there was some hiccups with it and some things that I had issues with it. But 
uh, Legends of Tomorrow, it, it it just started off on the right foot, right you know, right concept. It was a simple concept. Um, now that the Time Masters are gone, the team is you know on their own trying to f- save time or fix time from certain events, and there's someone out there that's going and messing with time. Um, and of course, we got at the very end of season one was. Um, you know, a member of the Justice Society of America warns a team that if they go back in time, they're going to die. And it ends up being that we find out the storyline is that if they travel to 1942, that's um, the year that they will die and happens to be during World War II. Um, you had Oliver Queen in it, Stephen Amell, um, and then a uh, new character um, coming into play. Uh, but we end up basically finding Mick in in the Hudson River you know, in the ship by himself in stasis and lets us and basically reveals a story that everyone is basically lost in time because they went back to time into World War II to save the day and they were able to rescue Albert Einstein but not his wife and that's the person who ends up giving the Nazis the atomic bomb. Um, the the link to it all was that Damien Dark was ended up being the major villain wasn't a a, a big ordeal wasn't a horror like a horrible choice but the big reveal at the very end of the person who's going back in time and messing with the timeline is reverse flash and if you guys know me and read any of my articles you know that i absolutely love the concept they're doing with reverse flash on the dc tv universe so if he is the major bad guy i can only imagine what the three-part mm-hmm. crossover is going to be like because on, he's amazing like it, the character's amazing on the flash so to bring him on legends and it's amazing and then he, to get it even bigger and better is that at the very very end you find out that the team's about to head back in time um and they are confronted by the justice society of america and that's going to lead into the next episode which is actually airing right now which i'll be watching later on tonight and writing my review up and hopefully it's it's exciting so um but i'm i'm definitely with reverse yeah i think with reverse flash too i mean we've already seen him on flash and you know he even said like um to barry when barry's like he said something about change and or things change and how he was like oh everything's fine for me or good for me or something like that right and you just knew that he would have a, a greater impact or you knew he had a plan uh, just like he does in the comics. But, you know, I was always thinking, well, it, it, he'll, you'll see him again on Flash. He'll have something to do with Flash, which he probably will. But then to see that he has, you know, something to do with Legends, it, which makes it complete sense. I mean, obviously, he's from the future and time travels all the time, you know, and that's and that he's pretty partnering much what the up with Damian Dark, and, you know, and killing right. Think of all the other combinations of bad guys. You know, Vandal Savage well, is supposed to be making a return. You know, and so. Mer- Merlin is across the episodes yep. as well, isn't he? Malcolm is, a, is, is a, plays a part on this. So, you know, maybe with Malcolm being in the League of Assassins and that whole ordeal. Oh my gosh! I, I mean, that just blew my mind away when at the very end when you saw Reverse Flash. So, uh, this the the kind of the storyline was basic and vanilla. It was safe. You know, using World War II is always the easy concept. Everybody knows World War II. Um, the the issue I had with the show was that um, Rip Hunter um, sacrifices himself to save the team, and 
then sends himself off into some lost area of time that they have to go find him. And they did that already. Not necessarily send him off in time, but they did the whole sacrificial lamb uh, concept in the season finale, using Rip to to save the world and save the team and everything. So it was kind of uh, like the emotion wasn't there for me, you know, because right. I already saw it. And you know, I think if they had not done that in the season finale or done something a little bit different, it would have had a bigger impact. But now the team's got to go find Rip and find him, you know, whatever time period it is. And I think they're what they're trying to do is make a play on. Uh, in the comic book series when Batman was supposedly killed by Darkseid, but really it was just sent back in time. And we had, um, it was a nine-part series where Bruce was basically going throughout time and his incarnation of Batman. So you had ba- uh, Caveman Batman, you know, Pirate Batman, all these different versions until Rippin um, and the team were able to find Bruce and bring him back to present day. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, but... It, it definitely started off on the right foot. It was definitely, you know, um, a great show. And the guy who, the, the person who surprised me the most was Mick, Dominic Purcell. I mean, mm. the the jokes he made, the just this everything, like his character has really grown. And, you know, the, the weakness that he was from season one was that he always needed to be around uh, Letter Snart, but now he can carry a scene by himself. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Now moving on. Um, WWE news. We got the return of Goldberg along with his old WCW uh, music, which I thought was uh, was entertaining. Because um, oh, yeah. for that to happen, you know that WWE had to, you know, give some rights away or stuff like that. So um, we are getting Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar too. Um, I don't know what your thoughts about this, Mark, but to to me, this was. Uh, a letdown um, out of all you know matches you could have made with Goldberg Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar not so much for me yeah I you know I think they're trying to redeem themselves from um, it was Wrestlemania Wrestlemania right wasn't that what they fought at yeah Wrestlemania yeah. 20 and it obviously you know that's known as one of the worst matches for a couple of reasons because you know, the, people already knew that Lesnar was going to go try and his stint in the NFL, and right. that that was Goldberg's last match as well. So they knew that nothing was coming out of it. So it was pretty much a flop and a pretty boring match. Um, so I think they're trying to do a couple things. I think they're trying to redeem themselves from that match, but get hyped because, like, hoping that people will realize that's what they're trying to do. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think. You know, you still could use Goldberg and just, you know, some sort of different booking. I mean, even like, you know, I think something that would have been awesome is like Goldberg versus Undertaker or something. Yes, or, yes, you know what I mean? I or, or, or even Goldberg versus Triple H, you know, something like that, which mm-hmm. would be somewhat more. And I think you could do more with that too because, you know, Triple H had obviously helped. Um, um, oh my gosh. Uh, who has the title right now i can't think of his name universal champion oh kevin owens kevin owens yeah um helped kevin owens so you know you could have brought goldberg in and like i don't know screwed over kevin owens to get to triple h and that you know what i mean just like little things like that right um and it was okay i mean you know it was really cool seeing goldberg i've always liked him he's one of my favorite wrestlers but you know it was just kind of anticlimactic it was i mean i liked the 
your next, your last thing. That was pretty cool. But rather than that, I was just kind of like, eh, you know. Yeah, to me it seems like – so it, it definitely seems like WWE is trying to do two things. Number one, they're trying to have a regular – division where you know you have your weekly series guys and they're mm-hmm. fighting for the belts and all that kind of stuff and then you have another series which i like to i i i think you know it's been called a couple people have said it online but i like to call it as the legend series where basically mm-hmm. you get your goldbergs you get your brock lesnar's um it looks the like rock, Cena, yeah, yeah. the rock it looks like cena starting to become a part of this legend series now where it's like they're only going to fight at the pay-per-views. They're going to do about a month or two of promos for it. They may, you know, do a scuffle here and there on Raw, but nothing over the top, you know. Um, and and that's it. And it seems like the old-timers are starting to lose out and, like, the, the matches aren't there anymore. To, so, like, to sign Goldberg and have him do the same thing he did in his last match, it just, it didn't make sense to me. Um, My choice would have been Undertaker. That would have Mm -hmm. been, you know, two guys that aren't really, really well known for their wrestling, but well, more known for their, their character gimmick. Um, You know, Hell in a Cell, Goldberg versus Undertaker. Goldberg loses, Undertaker wins, but still, like, that, that would have been a match to be worthy of seeing. Um, So, right. Definitely wasn't the same type of hype as when Sting came back, um, right? But you know, I was there. Uh, the the big news though is um, coming up in the next pay per view is that Sasha and Charlotte are going to be headlining it with a uh, Hell in a Cell match. Um, well, I don't know if they'll mm-hmm. be headlining, but the um, the it will be the first time in uh, women's uh, wrestling that it'll be a Hell in a Cell match. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, can uh, yeah, absolutely. I want to see how like, I know Charlotte's a very she's all about being technical wrestling, but Sasha puts her really puts her body on the line. So I'm wondering if she's going to jump off the top. Oh um, my gosh, yeah. Of the cell, I, I could definitely see that. I just yeah, I think it's awesome that I especially recently just the rise of popularity with the women's division and like I said, I mean, it's a legit division. I actually like the storylines and the female wrestlers more so than a lot of the other wrestling that's going on. And I think, um, yeah, being at a, being at a point where, you know, either women are headlining or they're having, you know, the first women's hell in a cell match. I mean, that's just such an awesome place that it's gotten to that point finally, you know? Oh yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, and like, I agree with you that, it's there's that transition of the NXT guys coming up, um, mm-hmm. and like if Finn Balor wasn't injured right oh, after yeah. he won the match, I think it would have been a, a smoother transition. But there's still that patchwork that needs to be done between mm-hmm. some of the older generation. But it, the the females division has definitely got it right, and you know um, the Bella Twins and some of the um, older female wrestlers are starting to wean themselves out little by mm-hmm. little. And now you're getting the Sasha Banks, the Charlottes, the Beckys, you know, and um, and these new groups of girls coming up, and it's really starting to show, um, you know, the the amount of money and time and management they're putting into the females division that it's really starting to pay off. Um, yeah, so, definitely. Yep. So, um, moving on is the kind of the big stories this past week. So we had uh, about a week ago now. The second and final major trailer of Rogue One came out, 
And then not too long after that, I think it was literally like 24 hours, you had the first official Power Rangers trailer, which looked totally different from the Power Rangers I grew up on. And then just today, we got the first trailer for the third Wolverine movie, uh, Logan. Um, So kind of let's just quickly recap. So Rogue One... um, this is the the movie I, I'm anticipating the most for, and I think the trailer, uh, like most people, it gives away a lot of the story. But if you don't know the story of this movie, then you're not a Star Wars fan, and you probably aren't going to go see this movie. Right. Um. So, you know, it it just kind of ties up some speculations that you know Jen Erso's dad is the the architect for the Death Star, um, mm-hmm. the Oppenheimer, basically is what everybody's calling him. Um, we got to see another little quick glimpse of Darth Vader, you know, walking with the cape, you know, moving in the background. Um, but besides that, it wasn't really a lot, you know, of extra un undiscovered scenes or, you know, something that no one's ever seen. A lot of the footage that we saw in this new trailer actually was released during the Star Wars celebration over the summer, mm-hmm. um, in Europe that you had to be at the Star Wars celebration to see it. So, but all that got leaked out. So to me, it wasn't a big ordeal. Um, some people are right. upset. Some people, how dare you give away the movie? But I mean, come on, it's 2016. We live off of the movie trailers. We end up, we dedicate our lives or some of us dedicate our lives to breaking down movie trailers <coughs> minute by minute. So was that? Well, I mean, you saw the same thing with, you know, like when suicide squad first. Oh yeah. Of it, you know that wasn't supposed to be seen and then they brought it back out and i mean you know i, I agree with what you're saying i think it looks like it's going to be awesome but i think it's definitely going to be for the um hard not even hardcore but i, I guess for the star like the, the original fans. star wars fans yeah like if you if you're a fan yeah, of the original trilogy you're gonna like this movie. absolutely and i don't think yeah i agree with that and i don't think um not that it, it won't do well outside of that but i don't think like anybody that's kind of like a casual viewer may go and really understand much of what's going on. Um, but yeah, for those who are fans of the original or the series, I think it's going to be great. Right. Yeah. I like, I don't expect it. And I think most people don't expect it to break a billion dollars or anything, Sure, but it's going to be, it's that, that kind of, you know, that movie to, to satisfy the, the fans growing up with the original trilogy and, you know, and the, none of that cgi prequel stuff that we got oh, yeah. and everything um the second one which was probably the like most unexpected trailer for me was the power rangers trailer oh yeah like to me that i knew that it was going in a different direction and i knew that um with the the costumes and the suits that they had shown still images from um you know it definitely looked a little bit more um like anime-ish japanese style right. um but man it, the the tone of it is so serious oh, now yeah. i mean I it's, love it, I love it, it. is it's not a kid's movie that like mm. when when the announcement was is that the power ranger movie was going to be you know redone and you know the series was going to get rebooted you know for what is it 25 years now uh power rangers has been yep. on and it's been in the american version it's been 100% geared towards kids. Now, mm-hmm. the Japanese version, the Super Saiyans, it's more of a, a teenager, you know, right. young adult tone to it. it um, you can actually watch it online if you uh, 
Comic Con has their own streaming subscription service, and it's probably it's actually pretty cheap. It's like uh, I think it's five bucks a month, mm. and they have the original series, Super Saiyan series, on there that you can see, and it's all the um, it's all the the fighting clips and everything like the from the original Power Rangers on from the American version and stuff like that. Oh, so you, yeah. it's it's interesting how they like did the stories differently <laughs> for the American version versus the Super Saiyans. But this movie trailer like blew me away. It was a little bit of um, uh, uh, whoa, man! I've just lost my name. Um, Chronicle. Did you see that yeah. movie? Yeah, it was uh-huh. a little bit of Chronicle, a little bit of like aliens type mm-hmm. ordeal, and then some type of like sci-fi horror. Like the quick scene that you saw of Rita Repulsa. Oh yeah, where she's like floating, ha- floating oh, over. Yeah. The, yeah, like that to me. Like you're gonna give kids nightmares um, doing it that yeah, way. Yeah, I thought it was just it was completely not what i expected but in a good way oh yeah um you know i heard power Rangers. i'm like oh okay great you know because i thought about the power ranger even the movies when you know we were growing up and to watch the videos well it's like you said i was like wow it's the tone is but the tone at least as it seems for power rangers is what i was hoping for when when the ninja turtle movies came back exactly um i was hoping for that dark kind of gritty tone uh, that you would see in the um, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, like the earlier, the original comics, um, the series. original. That's what I was hoping for and didn't get it. Um, and then I saw this, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this this has major potential. I think. Right, and I love how they you can kind of see it in the trailers, but you notice how they're not all martial art experts. They they get their right. powers um, through the coins, the the ranger yeah. coins and stuff, and so which I think is cool. That's it's smart. A, it's really smart yeah. to do. You know. Um, and like it, when they were jumping over the, um, jumping from cliff to cliff, to cliff and whatnot. To cliff, yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was really, really smart. I would never have like guessed that they would have gone that direction. So, right, yeah, it gives that little bit of chronicle, you know, type yeah. of feel to it. Um, well, it makes it a quick fix to something that they don't really have to explain. It was kind of like in Matrix, you know, it was, right? You know, it was a really quick kind of answer. Um, so then that doesn't have to be the focus. You know, I mean, if you think like the Power Rangers that we grew up with, I mean, they were all martial artists. You know what I mean? Like exactly. or, or gymnasts or whatever it was. But um, I definitely think it has awesome potential. Oh, yeah. Like, so I was excited about like, you know, I was OK. I wasn't like 100 percent excited about it. Right. If if like if the news that came out that Jason David Frank was going to be in it, then I would have been excited about it, you know. But yeah. without that, I was kind of like, okay, it's going to be a Power Rangers movie. They've done a couple of them already. It's geared towards kids. But now, seeing that trailer, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll be there. You know? Oh, yeah. I still hope they eventually, I mean, not in this one, but I still hope eventually they get the old Green Ranger in there. But um, There's got to be some sort of like small little cameo, just a little yeah. nod. Just like, There's got to be something. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> moving on to the third trailer that uh, was revealed this week, actually revealed today. Uh, is Logan the third Wolverine trailer, and wow, it is definitely um, different than any superhero movie we've seen so far, um, especially in the Marvel universe. Um, yep, this one we get. It Logan. doesn't seem like a Marvel movie. It doesn't to me. You it know doesn't even seem like an X Men movie at all. Like, right. Take right. away Hugh Jackman. Like take away the claws from Hugh Jackman, and ultimately, <clears throat> that I mean that could be its own movie right there. Yeah. It gave me like a almost like a 
Mad Max type <coughs> feel to it. Yes, you know? yes, yes. A lot of Mad Max to it. Um, so it's a it's a playoff of the Old Man Logan comic mm-hmm. series that debuted last year, and now is you know it's got a it's ongoing series going on now where Logan um, is far into the future. He's outlasted almost every mutant there is, and um, it, you can definitely see in this film that his age is catching up with him, and that his mutant mm-hmm. powers are slowly deteriorating because the scars are more visible on his body. He's not moving as uh, as fast as he would like. You know, he's, it takes you see that little kind of... Um, tenderness when he's raising his arm to to put on a shirt and everything but then we also get a super old uh, xavier so you and i were kind of talking about this earlier um before we started uh, recording was that xavier has to be over 100 years old because logan ages so slow that something's got to be up with xavier so either he's yeah. been in stasis for like you know hibernation for a while or he as well ages very very slowly as you know yeah, the only thing that I thought about was in, and you know, I don't know if we can even classify it since it was in uh, the third X Men movie, The Last Stand, um, because it was The Last Stand. But um, with Professor X, if you remember, like even after he was killed or whatever in that movie, mm-hmm. like he could still um, transplant. Like his yeah. mind. Yeah. Right. So I don't know if like it's like you said, did he was he like in a certain kind of like stasis, but like his mind like his mind is still functioning because as you can tell, like outside of being ridiculously old, um, you know, there's even um you know, some clips where like Logan was carrying him or he was uh like confined to a bed or he was in the back of the car. So like yeah, he's he, I'm wondering how they um will explain that i mean i think there are ways to explain it but i just wonder what they're gonna do right um and then you have the introduction of a young girl um Mm -hmm. not really well like hasn't been revealed who it is um there's theories about it that it's either logan's daughter that he had um or it's a clone of logan which would make her be x23 which in the comic series is Technically, right now, the new Wolverine, since Logan is dead, um, this is the clone that they tried to do off of Logan, and the closest it could ever come was um, getting a girl to be, um, you know, having the adamantium claws and everything, and she her title is known as X-23, so, mm-hmm. um, and it might be she's the last mutant, or she's, you know, being chased after because she's a clone, or they're trying to use her you know it's hasn't it wasn't really revealed too much but it looks like she is the key of this movie um so just kind of recapping which out of those three are you the most excited for man because they're all so different but look so great i my man i'm if if you had asked me this question before any of the trailers came out um i probably would have said uh logan um but i don't know power rangers is really intriguing to me right now um i think i think uh rogue one will be good but i also think rogue one for me will be one of those movies where like i could 
watch it because I want to know what's going to happen and get some understanding. But I don't know for me personally if it's one that I'd really watch like over and over again where, I don't know, I I feel like with um, either Power Rangers or Logan, I would. I'm going to go ahead and probably say Power Rangers. I think, yeah, I think I'm definitely with you on that one because I think kind of like you were saying with rogue one and logan i'm already going i didn't really need to mm-hmm. see a trailer like right anything that has the star wars on it i'm gonna go right. see it. you know i right. mean i went and sat through the prequels um you right know, as bad right. as the first two were i still went and saw episode three so right and then i went in, you know basically with only watching you know the first trailer of episode uh seven you know I still mm-hmm. went and watched, you know, what had in the theater. So Rogue One's a, a slam dunk for me. I'm going to be there the first day it comes out. Um, Logan as well. And it's and the reason why, and I'll tell you this, because I did not go see the Wolverine in theaters. I waited actually till it came out in DVD to watch it because I was kind of, you know, jaded from Origins that, you know, yeah. even though it had good reviews and it was talked well upon, you know, for my friends, I was like, yeah, I'll wait till DVD because... But since it's Hugh Jackman's last time as Wolverine yep. and everything, you know, it's kind of like going and watching Derek Jeter play in Yankee Stadium the last right. time or, you know, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan. You know, it's it's, it's a no-brainer, you know, um, Black Sabbath last tour or whatever. You're going to go see it. So I'll go yep. see that. The Pow- yeah, Power Rangers, I was not even thinking about going and seeing it. I no, was kind of yeah. like, okay, it's a kid's movie. Um, I'll right. wait, You know, I'll check it out on DVD or on demand or whatever or even wait till it comes out on TV. But after watching that trailer, that sold me. And I mean, yeah, the, without a doubt, like kudos to whoever made that trailer because ultimately that that right there sold some tickets because it sold me on the movie. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm I'm a Power Rangers fan of the original series. I can't say that after that I didn't. I I, I right. basically I stopped after I think like the third season. You know, when mm-hmm. after the White Ranger series, and that was it. Yeah. I may have watched a couple after that, but I wasn't really heavily involved. But I've yet to watch any of the most recent ones or anything. That, and I didn't even know that they were like. There was a time period I thought that Power Rangers were gone. But oh yeah, absolutely. Then you know you get the announcement. Oh, Power Rangers been on TV like for twenty five years. I'm like, what? yeah, yeah. It was like Power Rangers Jungle something or yeah. other, and I was like, oh wow, okay. So when they, you know, when the announcement came that they were making a a, a reboot to the Power Rangers series thought definitely for kids wasn't gonna be you know something i would be entertained but after watching that trailer i'll be in line i'll 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 be there opening day to see that one unless the second trailer is a complete bomb which it it has happened before Mm -hmm. um but it just based off of this trailer alone if you had to ask me which one am i most intrigued by now um definitely power rangers yeah because Rogue One, I'm I'm in. Logan, I'm in. So this is the one that that sold me. And they did their, you know, the producers, directors, you know, cast. Everybody's done their job. Um, but that trailer, you know, definitely sold me. Yep. So. Absolutely. Yep. Well, that's it for us guys today. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, make sure you check out our other podcast, Los Fanboys with uh, Joseph Medina, Mario Robles, and Kelvin Chavez, as they cover all the major film news, uh, television news, and they give their thoughts as well on movie trailers and all the uh, movie reviews and so forth. Um, Make sure on Mondays you check out Comic Uno's Weekly Roundup, where she gives her reviews on uh, television shows, comic books, and movies that not everyone else is watching, but it's definitely in the comic genre. (coughs) Excuse me, I'm fine now. 
Cole right now. Um, and then last but not least, check out The Weekend Warrior with Edward Douglas as he gives his movie updates weekly on what's coming out in the uh, movie theater world. Uh, so that's it for me. Uh, Mark, you got anything else? No, I mean, it was, uh, it was a good week for shows. Um, I think next week, from what we've seen from the upcoming uh, trailer, should be good as well. So, um, you know, we'll be back in action in about a week. Yep, I definitely agree with that. So we'll see you guys later. Yep, see you.